the word of the Lord from 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 12 through 20. All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be enslaved by anything. Food is meant for the stomach and stomach for food. And God will destroy both one and the other. The body is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. And God raised the Lord, and will also raise up by his power. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take them members of Christ and make them members of a prostitute? Never. Or do you not know that he who is joined with a prostitute becomes one body with her? For it is written, the two will become one flesh. But he who is joined to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. Flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You're not your own, for you were bought with a price. So, glorify God in your body. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. The text for our gospel proclamation comes from that letter to the Corinthians and serves as the basis of our theme for the second Sunday after the Epiphany, the revelation of our God in our midst, the image of God. For many people, Image is everything. And in a strange way, Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, speaks to that reality in our letter to the Corinthians today. All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. Paul starts out today. This is somewhat of a challenge to the image-conscious people of his day. But we may wonder in amazement at the image one group in particular wanted to emulate. Epicureanism, the system of Epicurus, taught that pleasure is the greatest good of man's nature and as such the aim of human existence. Pleasure must not be understood in the crass sense, but as peaceful, independent, state of body and mind free from pain and trouble, because after death, there is no life. When we are, death is not. And when death is, we are not. So say the Epicureans of Paul's day. Living out life in its fullest pleasure became their very goal of living, especially when they believed there was no life after death. The image of a people yearning after the finest clothing, wines, pleasurable activities as the be-all and end-all of living itself may strike us as materialistic, superficial, and lacking in soul. But for them, it was the essence of the soul, because the soul had no essence whence life was over. 
Like the modern-day purveyor of the latest clothes, finest foods, and attending the premium parties to be seen with the finest people, life is lived often only for the next best thing and transitions from one stage to the next, forgetting that life ends with nothing invested for eternal living. Paul appropriately points out their unintended servitude to the vain pursuit of pleasure that needlessly leaves them wanting more and always searching futilely for the better life, the finer things, and the next high to simply help them forget their hopelessness in the end. That's an image we would all do well without. Then there is the image conscious that are relatively opposite of this in Paul's day. The Stoics. Stoicism calls for one to be absolutely self-sufficient. He can practice the Stoic virtues, practical wisdom, bravery, justice, self-control. He's not bound to things or life itself. Like the modern-day pure academic, yoga master, liberation theologian, and Zen warrior, they retreat from life scraping by virtuously and minimalistically, insisting they are achieving a new evolution of ethical living that will change the world. Most notably by their absence from the world, but at the same time completely controlling everything in the world. Again, Paul rightly points out that this image is simply a flawed worship of self that guarantees to fail because of our sinful nature. Our sinful nature clashes with the perfect picture we have of ourselves, and we look in the mirror at the image of sin we were born with, and we shudder at our appearance looking back. It's not the image we wanted, but it is most certainly the image we deserve. Oh, we imagine ourselves magnificently, but then lack patience with a troubling brother or sister showing our ugly, aggravated side. Oh, we see ourselves as brave and worthy of the fight for our faith in these troubling times than cower in the corner when our social group makes fun of the church of our old-fashioned, left-behind ways. Oh, we claim the willingness to sacrifice all and serve our Savior, but then the first luxurious item that may need to be left on the shelf in lieu of the missionary's needs gets quickly thrown into the shopping cart and the mission is missed altogether. That's okay. We'll get them next time. I'm taking home this bottle of wine. The inebriated image weighs our souls, and we have indeed been found lacking. The epiphany of our Lord is upon us. And as that star led the Magi to adore the Christ child, so that same star leads us to the child that brings the image of God to all mankind, so our image doesn't occlude our eternal salvation. For the real image of God is an image like no other in all of Scripture. When you imagine God, what do you imagine? Maybe the Warner Salmon 1940 painting comes to mind? 
Most of us had our little picture card from Sunday school growing up, and it was certainly our visual image of God from our youth. But that is but a picture and not the image of God. Maybe it's our favorite mentor to our faith that just seemed to ooze the very spirit of God so much that we regarded them as our infallible counselor in all things spiritual. But then we got to know them better and realized they're a sinner just like all of us and certainly not the image of God. Even in church circles, the debate rages on about the image of God, but the truth is found in our epistle to the Corinthians who struggled amidst the Epicureans and the Stoics alike as to the real image they wanted that comes from God. That image comes from a simple understanding. And that is our pure, unadulterated relationship with him alone. That image is that of a man and a woman being utterly devoted to one another in the bonds of holy matrimony. Until death do they part. As simple as it seems these days, our culture struggles with such a notion. Over 50% of first marriages fail, 75% of second marriages, and 85% of third marriages. Adultery, infidelity, and improprieties rule the images of our relationships and sever the purity everyone is hoping for on their wedding day. Ironically enough, with the cacophony of divorce today, this is the very image of God for us. For we collectively are the bride, and our dear Savior Jesus is the ever faithful groom. Faithful through persecution and rejection from the very people he came to save. Faithful through the scourge of the whip and the painful blows of the soldiers. Faithful unto death on the cross, a necessary death to save us, an unfaithful bride. That is the image we cannot earn. And that is the image that is freely given by the God-man who loves us enough to die for us, even though our image of ourselves was a faithless one to him. In this season of Epiphany, See yourself just like Jesus does, not like we do. In this season of Epiphany, Jesus shatters the images of our unfaithfulness with a clear glass of his never-ending faithfulness. In this season of the Epiphany, when you see the adoration of the Magi over the Christ child, when you see his baptism, when you see his transfiguration, see his image upon you as his baptized creation in him. When you see that you are his, his recreation, you will see that you are a member of the body of Christ and him who is truly the eternal temple of the Holy Spirit who opened your eyes to this truth. What an appearance. What a life. What a recreation we have been made. In the image of God, we are. Amen. Now may that peace which surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus always. Amen.